You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. This month we're looking at uh, the book of Colossians in both of our life groups and our Sunday services. Actually, not just this month, but also next month. And uh, we've been working through kind of uh, from the first couple chapters that we're, we've, we've touched on so far. And for those of you who haven't been part of our services yet at this point, it's important for you to understand that this is a written, uh, this is a church that uh, Paul was writing to. This is not a church that uh, Paul planted, but it was a church that he had heard about and he was imparting some of his own thoughts and his own heart and his own doctrinal perspective to the church in Colossus that were combating false teaching, mostly by two kind of main areas. One is by the Judaism that was infiltrating the church. So this is a Gentile church, but there was this observation of the law that was coming in that, yes, you were believers, fantastic. Yes, Jesus, great. But you should also be doing this. These are certain festivals you should be observing. There was all these other requirements that were seeping into the church. But also there was Gnostic teaching that was really in essence teaching that uh, the, the flesh, everything of the flesh is bad. Everything of the spirit is good. And really, you can do whatever you want with your flesh because it doesn't much matter because it's it's bad, but our spirit is good. And so in, even in that sense, uh, we, we don't really need Jesus because our spirit is pure and is, is right. And, and so there was this combat of thought that was coming into the church at that time. And as you can kind of appreciate, we have the New Testament, don't we? And so when we have the New Testament, any kind of strange ideas that comes across our path, we have something to reference it to. But the new church that was planted had no New Testament. They only had the Old Testament in it, in, in a part of it. But again, this was a Gentile church. So they again wouldn't have grown up with the understanding of Judaism. So they were like a church with no, no scripture. And so these letters were written to the church to really give them some foundational instruction, to give them kind of a foundation in which they could build around. And it was important for them to know really what was healthy doctrine. What was the right understanding of who Jesus was? And so this is the context. And so as we read through the scripture, and as we keep coming upon passages, if we look at it from that perspective, this was a church that Paul was trying to address, heresy that was coming into the church. The text makes a lot more sense. When he starts to present a case as to who Jesus is, why we need him, and how we need to live out our Christian life. And so, so far in this, in this series, as we've looked in Colossians, we've, we've looked at this letter, and Paul starts off this whole this whole letter with this understanding that Christ is supreme. He is the creator of all things. Everything is created for him. He holds all things together. He is the head of the church. He is the firstborn among the dead. He is the first to resurrect, which is the promise for you and I in the future. He is the, he's supreme over everything, including principalities and powers. Christ uh, is the fullness of God. Through Christ's death on the cross, we've been reconciled to the Father. And through Christ, we are presented holy in God's sight, free from accusation. Really, that's kind of where he starts from. Christ is everything. That's what Paul's saying. Christ is everything. You can look at all other religions, all other thoughts, but Christ is supreme. In him, he holds all things together. And so to, to kind of veer away from Christ, we're missing the whole point because Christ is the point. Christ is the heart of everything. This is the backdrop in which what we're going to read this morning is building off of. And again, when we read through Scripture, we can look at just one aspect of the passage 
but not looking at what's gone before it that builds off of what we what we're about to read. And so in understanding what we've just read, that Christ is supreme, Christ is greater. This is the context that the church was facing in their kind of the, the diminishing value of Christ in the church. Paul is pointing them back to Jesus, back to who he is, and is now beginning to build a case of how this works out in our everyday lives. So this morning we're going to read a, a bit of a long passage, which is one Corinthians, uh, sorry, one Colossians uh, verses 24 to two Colossians seven. So I'm going to read it all in one go. And then we're going to unpackage it um, kind of verse by verse. Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, which is the church. I become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you, present to you the word of God in its fullness, the, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but now is disclosed to the saints. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect or mature in Christ. To this end I labor, struggle with all the energy which so powerful, powerfully works in me. I want you to know how much I'm struggling for you and for those in Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you with fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. What a great passage. Paul starts this section of the letter by stating that he was commissioned by God to present the word of God in its fullness. To present the word of God. This is his commission. This is what God had called him to do. He he planned for him to be uh, having this role, having this part. He then goes on to say the word was the mystery. And there's these there's kind of these three points here that that Paul unpackages or kind of to build this suspense, a mystery or this hidden or veiled thought. What Christ, what, what Paul was revealing was something that was hidden for a long time. In fact, the ages before this point, until before the early church, it wasn't revealed this fullness of the truth. They had a glimpse, they had an image of who Christ was. But as we see in, in this passage, actually there was a mystery that was hidden. But then he, he, he kind of goes on to say it was, it was glorious riches, but also it was revealed not only to the Jews and to the Gentiles. And then we have this, this understanding that's seen um, in verse 26. It says, The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. And then he kind of goes on to say, this is, this is the great mystery. What is the great mystery? What has been hidden for ages? What has been revealed to the Gentiles and the Jews? What has been, what is kind of filled with glorious riches? What is it? 
What is the great mystery, guys? Well, here it is. He says, this is it. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the big point. That's the big mystery that all the world up to the point of the early church had not known, but had been revealed. You think he was commissioned to present the word of God in all its fullness. You know what Christ is the word of God in all its fullness. We can look at all sorts of interesting doctrine, but actually Christ is the fullness of God. Christ is, when we look at him, we see the fullness of who he is. The mystery, the secret, is God's fullness in Christ, in us. Christ's spirit is in me, is this great mystery of God's glorious riches. This fundamental understanding that when I put my faith in Jesus, his spirit comes and lives in me. Wow. Again, up to this point in history, Christ's spirit did not dwell amongst people or in people, right? God's presence was, conf- was, was, was found only in kind of the Holy of Holies. But at the point that the temple, uh, the, the curtain in the temple was torn in two and his spirit, when Jesus died on the cross and, and his spirit was then given to all flesh, it was given to us. Those who believe we receive the spirit of Christ in us. This is the great mystery. This is Christ, the, 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 the supreme one over all things. Again, if we look at what we just studied in the weeks before, that Christ is supreme. He's over everything. He holds all things together. And then Paul goes on to say the great mystery of the fullness of the word of God is Christ living in you. What a great thing. Christ's spirit, the greatness of Jesus is living in us. And what is the significance of Christ living in me? In Christ are hidden all the treasures in verses two and three of chapter two. It says, is that, it says, um, my purpose may be to encourage, uh, to be encouraged in heart and united in love so that you may have the full riches of complete understanding in order to, that you may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures and wisdom of knowledge. In Christ are hidden all the treasures and wisdom of knowledge. We can search for answers in all sorts of things in life. The big questions of life. Why am I here? What is the purpose of my life? Where am I going? What's the future look like? What happens when I die? Do you know what? All the big questions of life are found in Jesus. It is found in Jesus. It's just that simple. We can look everywhere else, but it says all the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found only in Christ. In him only do we find true wisdom and knowledge. Why? Because everything was created by him and for him. And in him, he holds all things together. So if we look to anyone else other than Jesus for the answers, we're missing it. If the creator of all things who holds all things together doesn't have the answer, I don't know who does. But Paul starts this whole passage saying Christ is supreme. He's everything. And so in him, he has the answer. He has the wisdom. He has the knowledge of every question we have in life. In him is found the great treasures of, of life. So Christ is the answer to every question that we have, to every situation and problem. If I need direction in life, Jesus is the answer. If I, if I lack wisdom in the situation, you know what? Jesus is the answer. If I need understanding for what's happening in life, Jesus is the answer. If I need hope for the future, Jesus is the answer because he's the hope of glory. Come on, church. This is Jesus. 
You see, even Christ, when he was on this earth and he was talking about who he was, he, he identified himself in all sorts of manners. He said, he's, I've listed it out in John. I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the gate. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the way, the truth and the life. I am the vine. You know, in Christ is everything. You know, we, we talk about it as kind of being a classic Sunday school answer. What's the answer to the question? It's Jesus. Right? You got, in Sunday school, you can have a safe bet. If you just say Jesus is the answer, you're probably, you're probably okay. And Paul kind of says that the great mystery of, of everything is actually found in Jesus. It's found in Him. It's actually only found in Him. You see, Jesus is the mystery of God. He is the mystery of God. But the answer for our lives, Paul says in verse 4, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. You see, Satan will come in our lives and will try to distract us that we would need to find the answer outside of Jesus. It's very easy for us to try to, to look in the, the ways of the world. We face situations in life. We face kind of choices in life. And it's very easy for Jesus not to be the first place that we look. Right? Because by default, in our old nature, we look to ourselves. We look to the enlightenment of our thinking. We look to all sorts of other things. But Jesus is not necessarily the first one by default that we look to. And Satan will come and bombard us with all sorts of things. And actually, why would Jesus be the answer to your situation? Because Jesus almost seems abstract. Seems far-reaching. How could Jesus be the answer to relationship problems, to financial issues? To, to life decisions. How could Jesus be the answer to all of it? And so there's fine sounding arguments of what real wisdom is. In fact, Christianity seems like ludicrous. It seems ludicrous to those who don't believe. It seems unwise. It seems foolishness. Again, there's a difference between man's wisdom and God's wisdom. You see, God calls us into a realm that to trust in Jesus is outside the realms of what kind of humanly seems Wise. Why would you put your faith in something you can't see? Because in what I can't see is the fullness of life. He only has the answers if I tap into him. He's the one who knows the beginning and the end. He's, he's everything. And so if I don't tap into him, actually I'm tapping into something that will never give the answers that I need to. Other religions and, and even thoughts by the church of living by a certain structure somehow to to, to please God actually is all false teaching that will pull us off the market just simply looking at Jesus. In Christ are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. To the world or the spiritually discerned, Christ is foolishness. We see this in 1 Corinthians 2. You can look right at Jesus and not see the treasure that is there. Why? Because the treasure is hidden in Him. I don't know about you, but before you become a, a, a Christian, before you give your life to Jesus, there's this foolishness that's there. But at the point you give your life to Jesus, suddenly your eyes are open to, why did I miss this to start with? He's the stumbling block. It's like he's there, but you don't, you don't see it. In him is, is hidden all the treasures, all the treasures. However, when we choose to put our belief in him, put our faith in him, our spiritual eyes are open and we see the treasure that Jesus really is. We receive his spirits and, 
and we begin to hear his thoughts and we begin to understand in our hearts what he's thinking. We have knowledge where we never had knowledge before. We have wisdom where we never had wisdom before. Why? Because God's spirit lives in me. Jesus is in me. And now I have the mind of Christ, which leads me into knowledge and leads me into wisdom because I have something in me that I never had before. And it leads me on a different path of knowledge and wisdom. You see, the Spirit is an amazing thing of, of just giving us, if we tune in, if we listen to the voice of the Spirit in us, we can have knowledge in situations that we would otherwise not know. Just yesterday I was praying about a situation and uh, I said, God, I just need to hear your voice in this. You know, just I, I just sense God speak a word to me that was the answer I needed. Where does that come from? That's knowledge hidden in Christ. I mean, I could work out the pros and cons of the situation I was praying about. I can do all sorts of things. But why not just jump to the answer by just looking to Jesus? What should I do? And it was, a, it was regarding a business decision with our company. But why not just jump to the answer, which is Jesus? He knows. So why not just look to him? But it's hidden in him, which means I got to look for it. You know, God says, Jesus says, you know, if you seek for me, you'll find me, right? If we, we knock, the door will be open. So the treasure is hidden in Christ, but there is an aspect of us looking to him to find it. It's not blatantly obvious. And so even when we put our faith in Jesus, we say yes to him. There's this digging in that we need to do to find the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that don't just come by default. We need to be tuned into the spirits. We need to be listening to his voice. Christ is now in you, the hope of glory. Now in verse, in verse six of chapter two. So Paul is just kind of unpackaging all of what I've just said. And in verse six, it says this. It says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, just as you received him, so then, Continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in your faith as you are taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Just as you received Christ as Lord, just as you received him. So we put our faith in him. We say yes to him. But then it says, continue to live in him. What is he saying? He says, don't stop at the starting blocks. You see, a lot of people give their lives to Jesus and it's an exciting moment. Maybe even you're baptized. It's an exciting moment and then you stop. Well, you kind of missed the point. Just as you received him, continue to live in him. There's an aspect of it now needs to be lived out. It needs to be fleshed out in our lives. And a great example would be this, is that you, you found the love of your life. This special person. You say, yes, I'll marry you. Or do you want to marry me? And they say, yes, I'll marry you. And it's such a beautiful, you, you plan the wedding. It's such a beautiful day. You come and you're married. You sign the certificate. It's beautiful. Your friends, your family. Oh, it's so, so beautiful. <laughs> you celebrate. You have a nice reception. You have nice toasts. Speeches, I mean, sorry. Toaster in Canada. Not toast. Anyways, you have this beautiful day, this big event. You celebrate the love of this newfound couple. And then the couple goes and lives their own lives. 
their own houses, do their own thing. Why? Because Well, they're married now, but they just do their own thing. Yes, they found the answer of the person that they were looking for, but they're just going to live life as they were before. Yes, they got the marriage certificate to say they're, they're married, but life hasn't changed. See, that would miss the whole point of, of what the wedding looks like. When we say, Lord, I put my faith in you, and then live a life as we, we were before, we, we miss the point. It isn't just getting married, it's now living a life of marriage, right? It's, it's being together, the two becoming one flesh. The same thing goes with our walk with God. We say yes to Him, but even in greater extent, God says, actually, I want you to live in me. I want you to move in me. I, w- I want you to be tapped into me. We choose to live for Him on a daily basis, allowing His Spirit in us to direct and lead in everything. It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. That becomes the anthem of our life. In fact, it's not just a, a one-off thing, but it's a daily thing. We see, actually today, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. Why? Because I've understood that the answer is Jesus. The answer to my life is Jesus. And so it's I'm not just going to kind of put the fact that I was baptized on the wall as, as just kind of a fact, but actually I'm living this out. Because He is the answer. He is supreme. He is in everything. He holds everything together in my life. And so I'm going to keep living in Him. But that's the choice I have to make. And so even it, as Paul was saying to the church, just as you've, you've received Christ as Lord, continue to live in Him as Lord. Continue to live in Him as, as, as head of our lives. It means that no to our old nature and yes to the Spirit of God in, in me. No to the patterns of this world, but no, yes to the wisdom of God. Again, do you know what? Living by the Spirit, living by God's Spirit in us. You know what? doesn't always make sense in the world system, but we have a choice to make. Actually, I'm going to choose to follow God. I'm going to choose to follow Jesus and His Spirit living in me. So it says, so then, just as you receive Christ in Him, continue to live in Him, but then second, rooted and built up in Him. Do you know what? I don't think... It's okay for us to remain in our elementary understanding about who Jesus is and what he's done. You can't stay just knowing the basics. You gotta keep growing and, and going deeper in it. Jesus is not the elementary teaching of scripture. Okay? Again, it, it can be by, by the world that we live and even the, the, you know, Christmas and Easter, we have this tradition of, and we can look at Jesus as just kind of, that's the, ele- the gospel's the elementary bit. No, 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 no. That is the deep bit, the deep understanding of who Jesus is and his teaching and, and what he's done for us. We need to keep growing in it. You don't come to a point, and can I just break any kind of preconceived ideas, that you come to a point where you just know it. I'm sorry, you don't. You know, I've been married 21 years, and I still don't know my wife. She sometimes comes up with things, and you think, I, what? I thought I knew you. And that's my wife. How much greater is Jesus? We don't come to a point where we just know it. We got the t-shirt. Yes, I've been baptized. I did the new believers course. I've got it. No, no, no. We need to continue. It says to, to grow and be built up, to be rooted and built up in him. Even Paul says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. There are hidden treasures in him that if we seek after him, if we go deeper in him, we'll find deeper things that we didn't know before. Again, every answer to every problem is found in Christ. It is. I can attest to it in my own life. Every situation, I can try to find in my own strength, my own wisdom. But at the point that I finally turn to Jesus, I find what I'm looking for. 
Jesus is always the answer to the question. He brings the answer. He comes as we press into him in prayer, in the word, in the spirit. Again, can I tell you, you don't get rooted and built up in him if you don't press into him. You don't spend time with him. It doesn't just happen by osmosis. We need to be intentionally saying, God, I want to know you. I want to be closer to you. I want to be strengthened in you. Paul goes on to say, and then to be strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Being strengthened in the faith is being strengthened in who Christ is and what he has done and accomplished for us. Being strengthened in his faith is being strengthened in our understanding, ultimately, of grace. If I'm going to really kind of go deep in Christ and, and be strengthened in my faith, I can't help but look at grace. Because it's the heart of the gospel message. You see, the grace keeps pointing back to Jesus. Works keep pointing to me. The law points to me. Grace keeps pointing to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the answer. Jesus is my healer. Jesus is, is my strength. Jesus is my hope. Jesus is... Why? Because it's His grace. Not that I'm deserving, but I just put my faith in Him and it's given to me. Do you know what? It, grace is the answer. Strengthening our understanding of Christ alone, I have salvation. Christ alone, I have healing. Christ alone, I find wholeness and freedom. <laughs> Through faith alone and not by works. You know, you and I, we need to be strengthened in our faith. We need to be strengthened in the faith. Again, do you know, our faith is not because, uh, and our Christian walk is not because of the good works that we do, but it's all because of what Jesus has done. And the more we tap into what Jesus has done, who Jesus is, the more and more we find the, the, the strength and the peace and the rest that he brings, because it's all on his shoulders, it's not on my shoulders. Christ has accomplished everything, so I don't have to. And I need to be strengthened in that. But again, because the enemy will try everything in his power to pull us into the veer, into the realm of us working to somehow try to please, somehow try to find the answers, sometimes trying to do it in our own strength. When Christ is the answer, he says, I've accomplished everything. I am supreme. That's why the whole passage before this is there. Christ is the supreme Entity, He has accomplished everything. In Him is the fullness of God. He's everything. And so you don't have to be. Christ is that. Be strengthened in the faith. There'll be those that will pull you off. There'll be ideas that will pull you off Jesus. But be rooted and strengthened in Him. The last point He comes to in this, in this verse, it says, and overflowing in thankfulness. It almost seems out of place. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you are taught, and then overflowing with thankfulness. As I was meditating on it, I just, I just came to this realization, it's because Jesus has done it all, and is everything that we need in it, and He's given it freely by His grace, and so, how can we not be thankful? You see, I think as we grow deeper in Him, I think thankfulness starts to become... I think if we grasp the depths of who Jesus is and what He's done for us, thankfulness becomes a clear... becomes an overflow. He's, he's done it. He's the answer. 
He's bigger. He's stronger. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In case you missed the point of this message, it's Jesus. If you wondered, what is this message all about? It's Jesus. If you wonder what is the point of Scripture, can I tell you what? The point of Scripture, the great mystery of the Word of God is Jesus. And not only is it Jesus, but it's Jesus in me. And it's Jesus in you, the hope of glory. You see that? This is the heart of it all. And Paul was trying to get the church to get back the heart of it all. It isn't through enlightened thinking. It isn't through kind of strange philosophies. Don't be deceived by those things, but it's only Jesus. And guys, can I encourage you, if, if something else has creeped in, in your thought process, that something else is the answer other than Jesus, can I just tell you what? At the final exam, whatever answer you've come up with is wrong. You'll be guaranteed to have a 100% mark if you just keep answering Jesus. Okay? Just Jesus. You name the situation, you name whatever you're going through, and I'll tell you what the answer is. What is the answer? Jesus. Jesus. Brighton, what is the answer? Jesus. No, Brighton. <laughs> I don't hear them. I'm sure they're saying it. It's Jesus. Guys, I know it, it can seem very basic, but it's profound if we dig into it. It's profound if we dig into it. I believe that even this morning, Jesus wants to meet with us. He wants to meet our needs. He, he, he wants to be the answer to the questions that we have in life. And if we walk away from this space without looking to Him, we've again, we've missed the point. It is something great... Great ideas. It's, it's just in simplicity. We sang that song, wonderful, wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. It is Jesus. And can I tell you what, if this morning you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus, I tell you what, you're missing the answer to every question in your life. But to receive Jesus almost seems ridiculous, almost seems Hard to believe that to receive him is only saying, God, Jesus, I put my faith in you. I put my faith in you. I choose to trust you. I choose to accept what you've done for me. Do you know, it, it is that simple. But it's that deep and profound of just saying, I put it all, I put it all with you. I, I, I put all my bets with you. I, I, I put all my trust in you. And in that moment, and it's not just saying a prayer, but it's an attitude of the heart of saying, God, okay, I accept your plan. We receive it. And we can then start to grow in it and live in it and be rooted in it and flourish in all that Jesus is and all that he's done. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.